the Playhouse and That's Not Canon Productions acknowledge the Yuggera people, traditional custodians of the land on which we are recording this show today and all surrounding areas where we live, learn and work. We also pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to episode 16. We oh. can get our elves. Ooh, oh ooh, my, did you say elves? Yeah, our elf plates. No, we need Oh, it's like our elves. I'm like, what? <laughs> 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 yeah, we are learners. Woo! we be coming into um, provisional. Provisional? Yeah, provisional. Yeah, provisional, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah we know what we're doing. <laughs> now, Chelsea, before we get into today's episode, mm-hmm. I've got a bit of a bit of a cue for you. Yes. Let's say. Mm-hmm. You've got an unlimited budget. Unlimited budget, yep. You can get the rights for whatever you want to do or you can write something yourself. Okay. You're going to produce or direct or write whatever. <coughs> yeah. Your, your creative role of choice. Anything, yeah. But you can't – this is a show that you're going to put on. You can't <coughs> put it on in a traditional theatre space. Oh, okay. Um, but you've got unlimited budget so you can go crazy. Anywhere, okay. Anywhere. Um. So if COVID didn't exist – Oh, that too, yeah. I probably would do it at um in New York – Central Park. I was going to say New Central York. Perk. <laughs> that too dark. That could be a potential. <laughs> oh, that'd be nice. What, yeah. what kind of show would you do? Um, I would do probably one that I would create myself mm-hmm. as an artist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't have anything in particular that I would like to um, create that's already original there. Um, but I do want to create something in the basement as well. Like a dark, mm. intimate – I've got two options here. I've got like a dark, intimate space where um, the audience feels involved in the performance and mm. they feel all the emotions in it. So it feels very close and personal. What about you? Um, I don't know if you remember. It was probably like – oh, it was well over a month ago now. It was probably a couple months ago. I put on our Instagram stories that like, that like performance venue, but they did it in the middle of a shopping centre and then they put – like barricades around to make a circle, and then you had little peepholes. They did peepholes. Oh theater. yes, 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 yes. Yeah, I see, yeah. Oh, I th- and some of the suggestions that we had in there, I thought were brilliant. Like someone wanted to do Ruby Moon in the peephole. I think mm. any sh- any show that is a little bit like the audience are like invading. They're like seeing something they yeah. shouldn't be seeing. I love the thought of doing something like that. There, it's so a good it's, idea. Yes, yeah, yeah. so we're going to say Ruby Moon in a peephole theater. That sounds a bit inappropriate, doesn't it? But it's it's, it's interesting though. But Another yeah. way you can see the story unfold. Yes. yes. Well, speaking of doing theatre in unexpected locations, uh huh. Today's guest. Yes. Hello. He's very familiar with all kinds of weird and wacky venues. Ah, oh, he sure is. I wonder what he actually. I wonder what he thinks of the studio. <laughs> I think we've got a nice little setup here. We've got Zane. Yeah. Zane, say hello. How are you, Zane? Hello. How are you, Zane? <laughs> Zane oh. loves being on mic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He just has this look of dread. It's like he knows we're about to talk to you. He's like, don't do yeah. it. Don't do it. Bro. Don't pretend I'm not here. I'm a fly on the wall. Don't do I'm it. Fly on the wall with a soundboard. <laughs> but, no, <laughs> <laughs> but no, our guest today is the magnificent Paul Osuch, the founder and CEO of the Anywhere Festival. The Anywhere Festival is a time for theatre to be performed anywhere but a theatre and is a highlight every single year. Oh, I love the festival and we can't wait to hear about how it all came together. Are you ready? Yes, let's go say hello to Paul. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Paul Osuch. Welcome to the podcast, Paul. Thank you for having me, inviting me along. It's lovely to be here. 
Well, we're so glad that you're on the podcast because we would like to talk about Anywhere Festival. Well, look, I think you've picked the absolute perfect time to talk about Anywhere <laughs> Festival, to be honest. Um, so absolutely, you know, far, far away. I mean, you know, obviously we're launched recently, so yeah. everything's out there in the public domain. Everybody can book their tickets and see what shows are on. Yeah. Absolutely. Because well, Anywhere is at its 10th run of the festival and is set to sail in May, which is amazing. So congratulations, by the way, on the successful launch as well. Um, oh, thank you. Can I just get this right? How many performances are going to be in this festival? Oh, God. Um, yes. <laughs> you have to give us an exact answer. So, you know, the last couple of years, you know, 2018, 2019, uh, and even the, the festival that didn't happen in 2020, it looked like it'd be about 450, 500. Uh, this time it looks like it's about 800. Ooh. 800. Oh. I know. Lot. and. And look, and one one of the things about that though is that see we can never predict how many performances are going to happen because sometimes people will just be doing say two performances, and then say like this year where there's a couple of shows like the Time Travel Cafe or the Shelter that are doing forty two performances, to you know really either intimate groups. So all of a sudden, just those two alone, you've got eighty performances happening. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's it's quite incredible, and of course that's across Brisbane, Moreton Bay and, and Ipswich that have, that have come on board as well. Wow. That's a lot. <laughs> now, so there's going to be some listeners who might not be super aware of what the Anywhere Festival entails. So can you give us a brief rundown on what the concept of the festival is? Yeah, yeah, sure. So the whole idea was that it was about discovering places and performances and it was particularly about performances in nooks and crannies, in places where there shouldn't be performances. You know, the idea of, you know, having things in your driveway or backyard or on a ship or in a, in a cafe, that was what we wanted to do. And it all came about because, yeah, 10, actually 11 years ago, we're just forgetting about 2020 here. But, you know, back when it started in 2011 um, in Brisbane, it was this whole thing that, there really wasn't much in the way of, of spaces where people could perform, you know, theatre or any kind of performance. And so we just went, well, look, actually, what about we just create a festival where it actually excludes all of those? Um, and um, the only condition that people can do anything as long as it's a performance and as long as it's in a non-traditional space. And then it's all evolved from there. It's an amazing concept. Yeah, it's so, so simple, groovy. but so clever. Yeah, oh, love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah so look, exciting. and it's and it's and it's something where, I particularly this year, I, I this year I think will be a bit of a, I won't quite say an anomaly, but a very strange, strange year for Anywhere Festival as well because we've had all the people that were going to perform during twenty twenty. Um, and there's so, you know, quite a lot of those shows have deferred and then come back here. Um, but then also coming out of COVID, I've been very aware about this whole idea of just trying to make sure that, you know, everybody, not just performers, but also venues as well, were able to get involved. And so that's why this, this year, yeah, it's a little, little bit different where there's, yeah, you've got all the nooks and crannies, but there's also a few spaces that are run by people that, support independent artists and we thought look we really needed to get them in as well so that's why there are you know, spaces that 
uh, kind of black box kind of theatre spaces, which you go, oh, that's not very anywhere. But what we've got people to do is we're going, right, you've got to use the space as is. Right, you've got 30 minutes to get in, do your performance and get out. You know, mm. There's no, no amazing you know, technical stuff happening. Um, and so we've been able to create a few you know, hubs. There's a place in Maruka, um, which isn't in a real nook and cranny. It's sort of behind a whole bunch of you know, car sales places and things like that um, that will have uh, about you know, 20 different shows going on there during the, during the festival and elements collective and they're places that people probably have seen normal performances but then if you want to see the nooks and crannies yeah you can you can discover those as well awesome now this next one's a bit of a double barrel so first of all what makes it so special for both the artists and the audience members to be involved with anywhere festival and then off off that do you think that the there's there's a new audience that wouldn't traditionally see theater that are attracted to this festival Right. God, that really sounds like a triple barrel question. But all right, okay. So, <laughs> Lots of barrel, big old um, barrels here. <laughs> so the, one of the big things for performers is that, and it comes back to why we set up the festival, is that normally people want to book a theatre space as an independent producer, you know, unless they get picked and people say, okay, right, we're going to fund your show, we're going to give you the space, blah, blah, blah. Um, unless it's that, the majority of independent producers have to front up you know, the financial straight away, they have to pay to book in the venue and then they have to hope that they're going to make enough from, you know, ticket sales to do all that. So one of the things about using non-traditional spaces is that we do this thing with performers where, you know, the majority of the performance spaces are actually uh, rent-free. So that's like a huge cost for performers that you get rid of. And it's also this idea of being able to, to try and perform in a different kind of space. You know, whether it's an existing work or whether it's something you possibly call, you know, site-specific, um, where you go, actually, yeah, look, I've just found this really cool wall or whatever it is or alleyway. I just want to create something specifically for that. And that's something that obviously you wanted to try and create that feel in a theatre. You're going to need a lot of money on set, whereas with anywhere, it's the whole idea that you go, well, look, if you want to perform in this kind of space, uh, perform this show in, in a basement kind of space, then just let's find a basement. So that's the, one of the big things for performers. Um, I think from an audience point of view, it's this idea that you can go and see a show and you can take, take a risk. You, you could just choose something random because you know, many of the shows and the producers involved, you know, general public might not be across. And it's this idea that you can go, oh, cool, I'd like to go and see the show because... I think, yeah, the show sounds interesting um, and or actually I've always wanted to go into the Spring Hill Reservoirs and see what it's like down there. So this actually gives me a chance to go in there or to go to the Queensland Museum after dark um, and you know, after it closes and, and see, a, see a show there. So you kind of feel like you get this kind of behind the scenes kind of thing. And also I think the other big thing for audiences is that it's not, you don't just feel like one of a huge crowd of audiences most of the shows, it is far more intimate. Um, there's far smaller audience size and the relationship you have with the performers and the show um, is just in- incredibly different. It's, it's uh, you know, so much more in- engaging in that kind of way. So that's that bit. <laughs> no, I think that answered the first and second bit. And the final <laughs> bit was... The audiences. Was about what, what makes it... <laughs> 
Do you uh, okay. think Anywhere Festival brings new members of the public who aren't traditional theatre-going audiences and it tricks them into being theatre-going audiences? Mm. <laughs> the short answer is yes. And one of the real big reasons why that ends up happening is that the performance, uh, performances are happening in places where uh, that are, you know, shops or not they're not actually theatre places that people are seeking out. So you know you might go into your local accountancy and then see that they've got you know programs and brochures there because there's going to be a show on in there. Um, so just by the very nature of doing that, it gets it out of that whole sort of traditional theatre ecosystem, uh, so that people see it and go, oh, okay, that's actually just down the road from where I am. Oh, that's easy. That's easier than think, having to go into town for it. So. Yeah, that that is definitely one of the big reasons why, and we see that in the you know, in the in the stats. If I was going to start getting all analytical and boring, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's definitely what we see. Well, you you kind of did like briefly mention it um, because I don't know if it is a common myth, but everyone just assumes that any performance or any theatre show has to be in a theatre space. If you go to yeah, like you know the bank, you wouldn't normally see a theatre show there, but it's it's somewhere where people find it accessible to go to because it's your it's your typical routine. You go to it, but you never really realise that it's it can be an amazing venue to present creative work. Well, I think it's that. And, and I think the other thing, um, because, look, I always, as much as I'm obviously running the festival and you know, got, got to be across everything, one of the big things I always try to still do is... is is be an audience member. You know, I feel that's that's probably the most important thing I can do to go, okay, actually, this is what's really cool. This is what's really fun as an audience member. And I think that there still is, even if it's not really true, and we probably all know from going to lots of theatres, people still have this perception that, you know, you go to a theatre and they're not quite sure about the etiquette and, and they're worried that it's just going to be, you know, two hours of people shouting at each other and all that kind of stuff. So um, there's something about taking it away from that, that people go, oh, okay, right, I don't, there's not as much stress. Or there is that, as you said, Chelsea, that idea of familiarity because they know the space as opposed to going, oh, actually, you know, last time I went and saw a piece of theatre two, three years ago, I didn't like it, so I'm not going to go back. And you go, well... That's silly. You go to a football game and just because your team lost, it doesn't mean you didn't go back again. But yeah. I think that is a huge bit. I think it is a huge thing. Um, and and that's why we really do try to encourage people when the performers are actually figuring out what kind of shows they want to do mm. to actually make sure that they are using those kind of spaces that are spaces that people know that they can rediscover or just, yeah, no, not theatres, not theatres. Mm. Definitely. Golden. <laughs> now, last year, Anywhere did have to get cancelled because of the pandemic. How did the company and yourself deal with the ramifications and bounce back? Yeah. So what happened is in the middle of March, I remember it, it was Friday the 13th. It was when we you know, finally made the call and went, okay, we're cancelling the festival for, for May. And and look, I've, I've got to say it was only you know, just before the lockdown happened you know, recently uh, that I was starting to have sort of trigger warnings and starting to go, oh, no, this is happening again. But back in 2020, that happened. 
So what we end up doing was um, we were we were really lucky. We what we wanted to do is we wanted to find ways where people could still do some of the shows, um, and but do them in different ways. So at that time, I mean, as you remember, I mean, there was still so much sort of fear and uncertainty that there, there wasn't any point even trying to put on something, even if you could do something in isolation, because audiences just were not wanting to engage with that. It was all when you know, my God, what's going on? You know, when we're not, we're not going anywhere, we'll, we'll, we'll watch a Zoom, Zoom performance. Um, so what we did is we um, went, okay, cool. What we want to do is we want to run sort of an ongoing series of, of shows. So when restrictions restrictions suit a certain show, we go, okay, right, let's, let's see if we can put that on. And so what happened initially is we did a couple of uh, online productions and there were some that were done with the University of Queensland um, and there were play readings. And I've got to say, pl doing play readings over Zoom, I actually think is better than doing them in, in person. Um, I think if I got one takeaway out of it, that I went, actually, it was better online, play readings, definitely. So we did that. Then there was a show uh, that was going to be a, um, a slumber party show. And so they redid that. Uh, this was Glitter Martini um, to be um, the social distance slumber party. And we did that as an online performance. And we also made sure, we wanted to make sure that nothing was just being streamed for free. Because, you know, at that time, it seemed like every artist was either being coerced or was just really worried and was just streaming their stuff for free. And there were people like Katie Noonan as well that were saying, look, people, stop stop doing this. You, you, you've got to keep a value on what you're doing. Mm. And so it was really important for us to be able to actually um, to make sure everything was ticketed. So, yeah, so we ran that show and that, that sold out over a couple of months, which was brilliant. Um, and then moved on to doing um, the show where Volcana Circus um, had something that would work in driveways. And so we ran a driveway program over July. Instead of being dry July, it was driveway July. <laughs> um, and, yeah, so, um, so between the end, very end of May when we did our first online show, which would have been the end of the festival if it actually happened, through to... Uh, late August, yeah, that we ended up doing about 85, 90 performances of 20 wow. different shows. And, I, and I've got to say, but the only reason we're able to do that, because obviously we'd, you know, we'd uh, already done all the work to, to, to get the festival where it was um, before cancelling it. And then, of course, there's no ticket income, there's nothing. So what we're really, really lucky with is we got a anonymous donation of $20,000, which enabled us to actually, and, and it, it really just enabled us to go, okay, instead of the artist just having to rely on box office, we can actually also pay them a certain amount up front mm -hmm. because, you know, the, the amount of people they can get in is much reduced, all that kind of stuff. So that it made it possible for them to do it and know that they were still getting paid. So, yeah, so it gave us all a chance to try all these new things, all these online hybrid type shows, mm -hmm. um, all these kind of things that, now seeing in this upcoming festival. And do you guys have any, um, this is just my personal question, do you guys have any like online virtual performances this year? 
We do indeed. That's an excellent question. <laughs> we've got um, we've got quite a few actually. So we've got online shows that you can watch from anywhere, and we've got in particular there's one I'm really excited about. It's called My Heart Goes Zoom. Um, by, oh, by so good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, um, by a, this US artist that is incredible and she's been doing the show for a while now. It's been a huge hit, so it's fantastic to get her in the program. Um, but what we're also doing is you can not just sit at home and watch it online, um, but along with some of the other shows, but you can also go to some of our venues and actually watch it more like a screening so that you can actually share the experience with other people. Oh, um, wow. So, yeah, so you could go and watch, you know, My Heart Goes Zoom at Elements Collective with, you know, 20 or 30 other people um, at the same time. Um, and this is really, really brilliant because, we're, you know, we're not just in Brisbane, we're at Moreton Bay and Ipswich as, as well as some things up in the Sunshine Coast and Noosa. So it means that we've got shows that are happening in Ipswich or Moreton Bay or Brisbane as well. And you can go to a location in each of those different regions and watch that. So all of a sudden, this show that was in Moreton Bay that possibly you know, we based in Brisbane might not have been able to see, you know, we can actually, one, watch it online or actually go into a space in Brisbane and watch it with other people. Yeah, so that I'm really excited about that. And then the other bit on your question about yeah, virtual reality. So there are two shows uh, that are really looking really cool. So one is called Alt-R and it's yeah, yeah, virtual reality show where you, you are part of a study to um, unlock a portal into another world. And of course, nothing can go wrong. And I'm sure something does. Um, so you've got that. And then the biggie, um, we've got a show called Prison X. And this show, it's actually by a, a Sydney-based group. But they premiered the work at uh, the recent Sundance Film Festival. Uh, and this is, yeah, really huge amazing uh piece of piece of work um once again with these vr shows uh if you're into vr book the ticket straight away because you know there's only a certain amount of kit available Mm. um you know for you to be able to to, to get to um but both of those yeah will be quite fantastic (laughs) it's it's interesting how like a lot of artistic people have been forced into this world of like technology and, and the internet just because we all had to go online mm. initially. Like it's, it's re- it sounds like it's really sparked a whole lot of creative ideas for a lot of yeah, people. Yeah, it does actually, yeah. I think so, yeah. Look, I, I think what's really interesting as well is that I think you're also getting people coming the other way. I think like particularly those two VR examples. I mean, it, you know, the, the tech involved, I mean, it's huge. You've got people that they're creating these, these three-dimensional worlds, you know, it's, it's quite intense. So, you know, they've come more from a technology, you know, software point of view, but have then turned that into you know, a performance or they've, they've, they've brought in the other elements and it's become a performance. Yeah. And it, look, it is a huge thing because, you know, as, a, as an independent producer, you know, I mean, it's, it's huge enough just, making sure that you can you know find a venue rehearse or create a show rehearse put it on get an audience there let alone going right okay now all right we've got to figure out how to how to broadcast this online um you know we've got to 
how, how do we turn this into a virtual reality thing? And that's not necessarily part of our skill sets. Mm. So I think a lot of people are still learning. And I think this is one of the great ways for people to be able to trial a lot of you know, ideas as well and for audiences to be able to try them as well for you know, a reasonably cheap price as well. And I really like um, the whole aspect of Anywhere Festival though because surely um, – because you're the, what do you call it, the, the go-to go-to man for Anywhere Festival. What's the business side like in terms of bringing a festival together and having so many performances going throughout Brisbane and the whole yeah, Moreton Bay region? Ipswich. And Ipswich. Yeah. Ipswich, don't yeah, get the Ipswich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, look, oh, look, we definitely can't, can't forget Ipswich at all because, uh, you know, as I said at the launch, um, look, I, I was living in Ipswich when – first came up with the idea of the festival uh and the first first festival actually had um one show which is one of my favorite shows as well it was it was a show called rose um by um uh, put together by brenna lee cooney and uh it was in this heritage home and it was based around this old story uh about one of the maids who got you know pregnant um and hid the baby and then ended up you know hiding it down the well um and so and and the story was actually put on in this actual heritage home in, wow. in Ipswich yeah um so yeah so Ipswich Ipswich was a definitely a definitely a biggie look it's it's can be a bit intense particularly you know around the point when you're when you're launching you know it's when people say gosh you must be really busy during the festival and I go well yes but actually the, the big time is is really those three to four months before the program goes out and, and getting it. Um, you know, when the festival started, it was just myself and the co-founder, Alex McTavish, and we just, you know, worked on it together. Uh, but this year, the only reason it was able to happen is that put a, you know, creative producer in roles for each each region. So we've got, you know, Zed Hopkins here in Brisbane and Melissa Weston up in Morton Bay and Timothy Wynn in Ipswich, as well as Tim Monley, who had been working with the festival in other ways, but is the digital program director. So has been looking after all the digital stuff. Yeah. So, and that's really been the, the, the big focus. Um, um, you know, we've had the opportunity also for the second year have some, interns and run some internships as well uh but yeah compared to many other organizations yeah we really focus on the support around the creative producing mm. uh, because that's one of the big things for the for the performers uh and then just making sure hopefully the rest of the processes are as streamlined as possible so that once again we're just able to add hopefully add to what all the performers and the producers are doing um, mm. and and either push them creatively a little bit or a lot, or say, hey, you could do this, through to this idea of being able to also, you know, draw in those extra audiences that they wouldn't have got, you know, as well as their own you know, traditional mm. audience as well. Definitely. For sure. Yeah. I, I wanted to ask you as well, do you have any, like, nuggets of wisdom or pieces of advice that you would give to someone, you know, younger looking up to you who is interested in, you know, down the line, starting their own festival or stepping into the theatre festival scene? First thing I would do, which I didn't actually do, um, is I would actually spend some time um, 
next to yeah, a person or working working with the festival, even if it is, you know, just for for a couple of days or you know, picking someone's brain. Um, not so it, it gives you too many um, you know, limitations. You get too many too many ideas, and you go, okay, oh, hang on, no, this all looks too hard. But just so you've got that starting point, you go, oh, okay, right, here's here's some of the things that need to be done. These are some of the things I should consider instead of figuring that out after you've done the first festival, which is what happened to me um, because I'd never run a festival before that. And in fact, I'd never worked on a festival. I'd, I'd directed work and written work and, and marketed work and things like that, but never in a festival. So um, my big advice would be, yep, yeah, just, just go to, go to someone that's doing it and go, Hey, look, I just want to learn how you do this. Can I spend some time and, I think most people are really, you know, really happy to, to say, yeah, cool. Um, and, and then, and then just run away and, and try and do something that you're not sure whether it's going to work or not. And, and, that's, yeah. and then that, that's the big jump to make. Yeah. It's good to observe people and how they work as well. It's, it's, it's interesting because it can be some things that you don't, that you do yourself, but other people don't do, which is interesting, mm. which is just how you work though. That's the thing. I think. And Going back to your other question, Chelsea, about the business part of it, um, I think if I'd started the festival and I had some of the sort of spreadsheets and systems that it took me like three, four years to to kind of put together, uh, it would have saved so much time. And and they're the kind of things where I go, look, I'm I'm happy to chuck that across to someone that's looking to you know, to do a festival and go, well, this is what we use. So you don't have to create it from scratch. Um, if it works for you, go for it. If it doesn't, do something different. Awesome. Love the advice. Yeah. <laughs> well, are, are there any um, qualities or skills that you think are important for someone to have, not just in the performing arts industry as a whole, but also in a similar role to you, like in a leadership management role? I would answer that by saying that that's a question that I think I'm always asking myself and that probably is part of the answer. I think you've always got to be open to other ideas. Um, always got to accept that you that you don't know what you're doing. It's, it's this really fine line between having imposter syndrome, you know, where you're going, hang on, I can't do that. How, how is it? Someone's going to find out that I don't know what I'm doing um, through to, you know, the other bit where you're going, okay, you, you can't just assume that you know how it all works like I think even just over the past few months um, working with the creative producers that I've got uh, the number of things that have come up and new ideas uh, in ways to do things where I've gone yeah cool actually I hadn't thought of doing it that way and I possibly did try it once and didn't quite nail it um, and but actually the way you're doing it that makes sense now all right so I would say yeah you've just got to always yeah, be able to learn and take advice whilst finding that really fine line of going, okay, what is the core of what I want to achieve and making sure that you stay true to that um, and not letting people sort of sway you and go, hey, you really should do this kind of thing. And you go, well, actually, that's not really what my thing is about. But yeah, I think that's that's the really difficult bit. It's finding that, keeping that core, you know, and being true to yourself whilst uh, also making sure that you actually, you know, are able to listen to people and take people's advice. Fabulous. <laughs> it's interesting hearing you talk about imposter syndrome. 
Yeah. Oh God. Because you're so that, accomplished. That, 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 doesn't, ever, doesn't everybody have it? <laughs> I just I just thought it was a young starting out thing, but it turns out I've got it forever. No. no so, sorry. Sorry. Um, uh, yeah. Look, it's it's something that always always deal with, and I think it's because you know that no matter how much you know, there's always so much more that you don't. And you always hit this point where you go, oh, God, well, maybe I'm actually wrong about that. Uh, and it could be something that is a view that you've or a piece of info that you've held on to for, for years and all of a sudden you go, oh, hang on. Um, but I think it's healthy. Um, I think, yeah, imposter syndrome makes it sort of feel quite bad. In fact, I hate, I hate the, the, the phrase because it's, I think it just gives me and a lot of other people anxiety, whereas I think what it's actually really saying is, look, you're just in this this constant state of of always evaluating what you're doing and, and never being quite sure if what you're doing is good enough. And I think that's that's good because you're striving to be better and to do things, you know, to, to take risks and, and just do things better. Whereas saying it's imposter syndrome, I think, yeah, I hate that term. I really do. <laughs> it flattens the feeling to a phrase. <laughs> yeah, it does. You're absolutely right. We're going to transition Transition into a game. Would you like to play a game? <laughs> that sounded very sore, like S A W, not like oh, oh I'm sore, like oh the like, horror movie sore. Yeah, I've never watched it, but it just seems like something he'd say. <laughs> what are you, you going to do? to play a game? It yeah. does. <laughs> yeah, I okay. haven't had the pleasure either. But yeah, okay. If it's got well, nothing it's not to do that. with this film that neither of us have seen, let's go with it. <laughs> well, it's a what did you call it? The it's more theatre related game. Yay! Yes. Do you want to? Sure. Yeah. So our our game's called Yay or Nay. So we've gathered a variety of venues that could be great for an anywhere theatre performance or it could be an absolute flop, too outrageous, no thank you. Um, Some of them probably already have been. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like um, writing them down of like the most outrageous venues that could possibly be performed though. And I feel like some of them have already been performed in. So you can, so don't hesitate to say, yep. It has happened before because we would love to hear it. <laughs> but yeah, and and if it's if it's a no, do you do you want more than a no? Do you want to know why a no, or is yeah. what, I just want to make sure I've got the the rules of the game, or whether this is sort of like quick fire kind of yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. You can you can decide that on your own. Yeah, oh, okay. Up to, if, if, if you have something to share. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any bad stories? Not really. <laughs> All righty. Do you want to go with the first one? Yeah. First one's pretty sensible, actually. Just an art gallery. Yes, absolutely. Because the big thing about that is you can be, you know, inspired by and create a piece that connects with the the works that are up on the on the wall or in in the room. I think. Yeah, we've had several several shows like that. I know, you know, Women and Wine, uh, Muses Trio in particular, have, have done a lot of work in in art galleries, and I think are uh, in the Noosa Art Gallery this year. Oh, nice. nice! Something to look forward to. Yeah, <laughs> as if we needed another reason to go to Noosa. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, so that was a yay. That's a definite yay. Woo. Awesome. So the second one, the gym. The gym. The That's workout a definite. Gym. Definite yes. Yeah? Definite yes. <laughs> and uh, look, we've got Muscle Circus that will be in gyms uh, Ooh, this year. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that will be in a, yeah, a bunch of gyms in, in all the different regions. So, yeah, Muscle muscle Circus. Mm. Um, so that, that will be 
muscle up circus, sorry, I should say. And uh, that is looking really fun. And that was one of the shows that was going to be part of 2020 and has come back for 2021. Oh, awesome. Fabulous. It's exciting. This next one I am intrigued by, Mm. you know, hospitals. They have a different kind of theatre in them where surgeries are performed. So we're wondering about an operating theatre. Not in use, obviously. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, it's, it depends on the show. It could be. So it's saying you're out there tonsils and you're like, to be or not to be. <laughs> well, you, you've, got to, you've got to say, though, look, if you're watching something actually happening in an operating theatre, I mean, that, that's, that's pretty dramatic, you know, as it is. And I, th- I think that's, that's one of the really interesting things about the festival that I, I nearly wish people would explore a bit more, this idea that things that are happening anyway have their own sense of drama and Mm. people could just watch it i mean you know whether you really want someone watching you when you're having your your kidneys removed or whatever is is another question but so the answer is yes Mm -hmm. uh and we've had a couple of different shows that have been in hospitals one was a uh was at uh, st vincent's hospital in kangaroo point and it was a show done by Edge Improv, who are also doing a show this year. And what was really lovely about it and what made sense in that venue is it was an improvised or well, comedy, but it was, I'd call it a dramedy really, because it had so much pathos, particularly for improv. And it was going through the, um, the life cycle. Basically, people at the very beginning would choose a person's name, And then there were certain parts in junctures in that person's life where, once again, people had to give suggestions. And the Impro group uh, created this whole life of this person from birth to death. Uh, And they did that within the space. And it was also something where uh, a lot of the people that were there at the hospital were also able to to go to it as well. Uh, And, yeah, the amount of feedback we got from it, uh, that it just resonated i was initially worried it would be just a bit too morbid mm. you know, for, for people that are that are there you know a lot of people on you know you know critical illnesses things like that yeah uh but they really yeah it absolutely resonated um mm. so we did that and that's uh definitely an example wow so that's a yeah it's a, it's definitely yeah. it's a definite yeah, yeah. i think <laughs> at the moment at the moment with yeah, COVID restrictions, it's going to be very difficult to make that happen again until <laughs> things change. Um, or you can kind of go, okay, people, you can book in for this show, but you've got to go into two weeks quarantine before you... <laughs> yeah. Make it a really good show then. Yeah. Money's worth then it. Be, then it becomes kind of Big Brother slash, you know, hospital show, doesn't it? We can have two-week sure. show of all the audience members. The audience becomes the show. I think this is an idea. I think this we is need to flesh this out a bit. There's yes. something there. Well, what do you call it? Put it in the folder. Put in the file, the file and do we'll like, keep noting Like that. a compilation or a recreation of things that people did while they were in their lockdown. <gasps> it would be so interesting. What would they get up to? Are they, like, you know, if they're on their own, are they just like sitting all day? That's mm. interesting. We'll circle back to this. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like a variation on Gogglebox, I think. I've oh, never watched it, but I think. Oh, uh, love yes. Gogglebox. I've been meaning to watch it. I've been meaning to watch it. I keep on going, yeah, I should check it out, and I never do. Oh, it's, I've been watching it. Have you watched it? I've watched two episodes in my lifetime, but they're so enjoyable, the two that I've watched. Oh, I've watched it from, like, the very first episode, and they are hilarious because you still got the the usual 
people right from the start and you've got some new people oh, coming so in as well. Okay, right. You've still got some originals. Now. Yeah, yeah, literally. But um, yes, Gogglebox. Yes. Anyway, we're getting sidetracked. <laughs> but yeah, um, yes, that one's a yes. That was a yay. So the next one, I feel like I feel like it may have happened before. Um, I'm not too sure, unless I'm imagining things. But a zoo or an aquarium? Ooh, I don't think we have had one in a zoo. Shots. So Chelsea and I are <laughs> going to pitch you something for next year. Yeah. yeah. Gogglebox, the, the play in an the aquarium. aquarium. <laughs> I think because what well yeah in the in the aquarium or because I think it was a couple of years ago we did have one show that was trying to lock in something with Australia Zoo, Ooh. Um, and uh, it didn't it didn't end up happening. Um, but yeah, that's I think that's the closest closest we've got to that. Um, we have had a, oh we have had a show in a pet store. Oh, that was, gonna be, that was gonna be the next one. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna ask is the pet store. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Have one, have one at a pet store, and um, and oh, that that went nuts. That show. It was um, it was something where I think the the performer could have just come up with any any name really, and and not really spent any time on their show, and it didn't really matter because everybody just came in and was just wanting to play with all the animals and and, and look at everything. So the the that the business was incredibly happy with it, you know, because all of a sudden they seemed to get all these new sales. Um, whereas I think people kind of remembered that a bit more than they did what the actual show was. Mm. Yeah, maybe. You know, and that's and that's always a little bit of a, a bit of a challenge as well. And I think this is uh, something that a lot of performers and producers think about in different ways and, and work out in different ways. This idea of going, okay, how much of it is the performance, and how much of it is the experience and how much the venue adds to it yeah um, yeah we, we we still find that when we are working out the program it's something that we still try and work on a lot each each year is everybody when they're talking about their show talks about their show but they forget to mention in the program why it's really interesting to go to the venue that they're in mm. and many times that's you know that's half the half the interest as well people go oh okay i didn't realize Mappin's nursery was you know this place where i can go in and there's plants and there's fish and all this kind of stuff um so uh yeah and i think that's a really biggie it's hard to like um especially with if you go to a venue with animals and it's like yes i am paying attention to this oh my god a dog (laughs) (laughs) kitty Isn't it? Isn't it that maximum? You, know, you never, never work with children or animals. You know, and- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it could be a potential. But yeah, there are some boundaries <laughs> when it comes to animals. <laughs> okay, do you reckon this is our last one? Yes, go for it. Inside of a plane. Inside of a plane. Obviously, you'd have to find some sort of secu- like because it's probably going to be at an airport, so you have to get everyone on the plane. But then there's no ticket. But then do you have a pilot mm. in there just in case? You, some I would love to actually do one on an actual plane and an actual flight. That would be brilliant. That'd be cool. I'm it flying to be... Sydney this week, so I can I can do that. For, I'll, I'll get someone to film it, send it through to you. <laughs> See, this is the thing. You know, we kind of do it a bit like an OK Go video, and you know, and have it so people actually go onto the flight, and you know, they're going to act out something. And as long as the flight attendants are all on board and know not to interrupt, you know, mm. then we could actually have a show. Mm. Um, Probably nothing that involves bombs or, yep. you know, terrorism or anything like that. But, you know, um, but look, last 
last year, I say last year, I mean 2019, there was a show on the Sunshine Coast um, that was done by uh, Riley Cope Creative, um, which was called, uh, it was called In Flight Entertainment. And it was done at the Air Museum. So they actually did it. They wanted to actually do it within one of the old, I think they got an old B-52 aeroplane or one of those sort of older, older, passenger aeroplanes uh but it was just too small for them to do it so they, they did it all around it mm-hmm. but that's that's the closest yeah interesting yeah There's a gap in the market i'm like i feel yeah. like i need to just befriend some hosties and some pilots well the thing is that um i don't know if you know about this but in new zealand in topo they have a mcdonald's um and you can eat in a plane <laughs> you can do a what? potential show there, but literally, yeah, in Topol, which is like in the middle of um, the North Island, there's yeah. a Macca's there, and right next to the Macca's is like a plane where you, it's, it doesn't work or anything like that. You can literally go up there. There's seats there, and you can eat in the plane. So I'm like, if they, if we potentially, like, if you potentially put anywhere to New Zealand, that would be a hot spot there. I can tell you that. Yeah. Book a silence. That would I'm be really point. cool. And and look and because it's it's there permanently and this this is one of the other things that we really try to push with a lot of the producers and performers as well, is this idea that when you get an idea, and it's a show that seems to really, you know, be be popular or pe- really resonates with people, uh, and it works within a certain space to go, look ex- extend it. Don't don't immediately jump into the next project and and create you know another new work actually look at extending this you know just in the same way that people do it with you know in traditional theaters you know they get a show it sells really well then they they tour it um and i think the show muscle up circus and gyms is an example of that it's it's something they've done they've done before and they've gone okay this just works in gyms right so we'll just book it in different gyms that are far away from each other and see what happens mm, definitely we've got the potentials yeah. Of venues there. Yeah. Yeah. Which is pretty groovy. Very fun. Now, where can people um, find out about more about um, Anywhere Festival? We have the website and it is anywhere.is. And look, you can just you can just Google search Anywhere Festival mm. and it'll it'll all come up. And we've set up the the website this year. I'm actually quite excited about it, that it can actually search by a whole range of different things. So you can actually just look at particular days, mm-hmm. you know, times, if you're just looking for something that's between five to $10, or if you actually just want to go to a, a specific venue, you go, mm. okay, hang on, just show me what's what's in there. Um, yeah. So, yep, you just go to anywhere.is and it's all there. Fab. So exciting. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you for joining us today. We're down to our final question. Yes. No, we're not doing that right now. Imagine. Uh, so we ask all of our roomies, because um, Playhouse and Theatre House are the home of theatre, and you know we like to we like to align ourselves with the brand. Uh, we would like to know <laughs> where where do you call home? Not your address, but like you know, is it in the rehearsal room? Is it when you're like on the computer planning things out? Where's home for you? Ooh, wow, that's that's big. I think home. For me, really, it starts anywhere where my my two boys are. Uh, so, you know, I've got you know, a 12-year-old and a 14-year-old. So, And we've already done a lot of travelling 
So I know as long as they're around, it's, it's, it's home. And I think the other thing I would add on to that, it's where they are and an internet connection and my laptop. So you know, I think, <laughs> you know, the first two, that's, that's the biggie. But then the other bit is the, is the secondary bit. The second most essentials. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Water, food. Yeah. That's Sunday third. You can, you can always order it in. Um, but, you know, if you've got, 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 yeah, family and, yeah, the internet connection. Yes. It's all good. <laughs> Bless. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We've learnt a lot and I'm sure our listeners as well would have really appreciated all the insight mm. you've given us. Oh, thank you. No, it's been lovely chatting with you, Chelsea and Brooke. Yeah, and we're so excited to see how this fabulous season goes off for anywhere in May. Woohoo! Yeah, yeah. It's huge indeed. What, what is it? It's, it's April. Showing, yeah, one more month. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one more month. Yeah, plenty of time. <laughs> I, I say that now. <laughs> But yeah, honestly, thank you so much, Paul, and we cannot wait for anywhere in May. Thank you very much. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you. After hearing all the amazing work Paul and the team are doing this year, it is no wonder that our first Playhouse pick will be the Anywhere Festival. Woohoo! Now we've had a cheeky squeeze at the schedule, and there are so many exciting shows on the lineup. Lots of immersive theatre too. Super exciting. Mm. The Anywhere Festival runs from the 6th to the 23rd of May. Tourist season all over Brisbane. So get out there and support some wonderful creators, including Miss Chelsea Argo. I wasn't expecting that. What the heck? Oh, she did a shout crew. out. Oh. shout out. Yeah. What show are you doing, Chelsea? Shout it out. Oh, I'm going to shout it out? Yeah. So I'm doing Talking to Brick Walls, and it will be in the Ipswich region by the Black Box Collective. So, yeah, cheeky shout out there. But, yeah, um, the festival is special and amazing and all things wonderful. But, yeah, check out all the amazing performances because there is a lot. Get amongst it. <laughs> now, as we know, COVID has prevented many concerts, many performers touring the world, but no fear because an international recording star is stopping by the Sandgate Town Hall. Any guesses who this could be, Brooke? Um, let's have a think. Who have we got in Australia right now? Um, maybe, oh, are there any musos in Australia right now filming movies or anything? Maybe, you know what? Matt Damon's music debut. Ooh. That's my guess. And he's, he's picked Sandgate because he doesn't want to He doesn't want to go like the, the Brisbane Entertainment Center. He's like, that's, you know, too, too many big. people. I'm going to be too nervous. Yeah. I'm just starting out as a singer. Yeah. You know, he sang the Scotty Doesn't Know in that movie, you know. Does he? Remember? Really? I think he's, he's, I mean, he could be lip syncing it. But, <laughs> you know, this is my guess. Could be. That was, a, that was a tangent, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's not the right answer. <laughs> but oh. yeah, it is in fact world famous singer-songwriter Ed Sheeran. What? Is he? He's in, he's in Australia right now. Is he? Oh, kind, oh, kind of. Kind of. Oh. <laughs> it's Brisbane's very own Ed Sheeran and equally as talented as him, Trent Sellers in another Ed Sheeran tribute for the Lynch and Patterson tribute series. <gasps> we know them. We know them. So he will be performing at the Sandgate Town Hall on the 24th of April and the Met Hotel Toowoomba on May the 9th. And maybe Matt Damon will be there to be his opener. It could be a potential. Yeah, an opening. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll get. I'll. I'll we'll, get, we'll get in contact. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you've got contacts of. Yeah. <laughs> now heading up north to Redcliffe, to Bracken Manor, where dun, 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 there has been a death. <gasps> 
Oh my god, not a death! A death! A death, a death indeed, Charles. A death at the Bracken Manor. Mousetrap Theatre Company are back with another interactive comedic murder mystery, Death at the Bracken Manor, from the 30th until the 16th of May. You can catch that one. Should you think of yourself as a bit of a detective, a bit of a detective, you know, roomy by day, detective by night, I don't know your business, that could be you, you as the audience get to go and uncover the murderer. So dress up, get the gang together, go solve a mystery, and because a winning there's, there's a winning team and there's a best-dressed team, and they get prizes. Mm. So get amongst that. I love a prize. Love a prize. Love a cheeky prize. Actually, speaking of prizes, I reckon meeting the Queen is a pretty decent prize, don't you? Lizzie. Yeah, Lizzie. Oh, we love Lizzie. Good pals. So, we go oh, back. oh, you know her? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> li- well, why don't we just Maybe zoom one her right day. now? Liz, As a potential there? guest. Zooming in. Oh, it's faulty connection. So... <laughs> So, Javine Bar Theatre Company are presenting the Australian novel and play Two Weeks with the Queen from the 14th to the 29th of May. Oh, it tells. J Bar? Yeah. J-bar. Cheeky one there. So, it tells the story of Colin. Colin has a mission. He wants to speak to the Queen about his brother Luke, who has cancer. Cousin Alistair would like to help, but stress brings on. His dandruff. Oh, no, not the dandruff. Not the dandruff. <laughs> Don't forget to check out our Instagram, which is at PlayhousePod or the theaterhouse.com website for all the links that you really need to know more about it, really. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. H-A-U-S, house. I'm literally obsessed with the fact that he's just said, like, what, what he was saying about imposter syndrome. Mm. How, like, it's just, like, I've, I've, I'm, I'm going to try that methodology he was talking about of like reframing it to be like, mm. yeah. I really liked what he meant by um, generating a new audience or like collecting a new wave of audience members who will be interested in theatre, who mm. are not typically used to seeing theatre as often, but it's introducing them into new environments where they're they're sort of used to going to day by day mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. seeing it in, in, in like performances in a new way. Heck yeah. yeah. Literally. And it's great to see so many awesome events happening in the theatre world. Now, don't forget if you're doing something awesome in the theatre scene, we want to hear about it, Roomies. Hey, we want to hear about it. Yes. If you would like to feature on our website, feel free to contact our editorial team. Theatre House is brimming with great writers and will happily interview your production company about your next project. Simply submit your details and media release via our website at www.theaterhouse.com and head to the submission portal on the menu bar or just simply email your deets to hello at theaterhouse.com. Now, next week's guest. Yes. Would you would you like to meet him in person rather than in Zoom? I would. You would? I would really like to meet him in person rather than Zoom. You would? I would. Like to meet this person. Oh, yes, I would. <laughs> but actually, it would be interesting to see How do I say this? I would like I would like to see him on an island. You would? Yeah, you like would, to see yeah. Him on an island. I'm trying to find a, a really good way to, to make, like combine the two because yeah, I yeah. would like to see him on an island. I would also like to see that. That was team. That come on now. That team was pretty. That's good. That was pretty pretty spoilery. 
But yes, that's our sneaky hint for the next episode. Next guest of Rooney. We're going to head off now. Bye, friends. Bye, Roomies. See you later. We are over and out. TGYL, bye. <laughs> and see. Available now from Manola Theatre. Begotten, a five-part audio drama. There's a moment when a gift becomes a curse. I don't recognise my body. I was born with something broken inside me. I threw all the knives away yesterday. It played out in my head like a film, like something that had already happened. That was the day he began to follow me home. It was a betrayal, I knew that. But I did it anyway. I've lost track of how many nights I've spent down here. I'm on my way to tell him. But surely you know by now what actually happened. Alice. Eileen. Clea. Hazel. Leisha. Audiences are calling Begotten emotional, raw, powerful, spellbinding and heart-touching. Stage Whispers praises the visual images that sing and says, We are left dancing with the ghosts of the five women, their hopes and dreams the compromises they've made and lived with. Begotten is released fortnightly via your favourite podcasting platform or can be accessed in full at manolatheatre.com.au. That's Not Kind of Productions podcast.